This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Jessica here with us today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Thank you for coming on. Where are you calling in from? I, right now I'm in Spokane, Washington, but I must clarify that I am a Texan. I live in Dallas, Texas, but I'm in Spokane right now. <laughs> awesome. 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 Well, today we're going to be talking about DEI, right? Um, obviously a, an acronym and a topic that I think a lot of us are very familiar with and, and really focused on, especially over the last several years. Um, but before we dive in, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Absolutely. So I currently am the vice president of people for Refine Labs, um, and I have been with the company about seven months, which uh, in startup world feels like, you know, many, many years. But <laughs> I've been in the people ops HR recruiting space for about 10 years, uh, started out my career in oil and gas, and I've worked in several different industries. Fun fact about me is when I, I lived in Chicago for about two years and I was the HR director for a crime scene cleanup company. So that's oh. only my like fun fact that I give people. I'm like, I have some interesting facts that I could share. Um, but no, I, I really love the people ops space. Um, one of my core values is around psychological safety. So that is something that I like bring to the table and talk about with my employees quite a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'm really passionate about the DNI space and what that means and my own lived experience as a black woman um, in the corporate environment. Gotcha. Perfect. So let's start right there, right? Let's talk about the importance of DNI in in, in your experience in, in from your lens. Yeah, I think it's it's really everything. I think for me, um, I've had some great experiences and some horrible experiences working in corporate spaces, mm -hmm. places where I felt like I could speak up and I was included and I was valued for what I brought to the table, and places where I was basically told to be quiet. Um, and that I needed to quote unquote assimilate in some type of way. And, you know, that means different things to different people. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say the it's funny because recently someone asked me this question about, do I feel like I could be myself at work? And my, it was, I had to really think about it because I, my answer is yes, but I had to think about why my answer is yes now when it wasn't before. So I think when I started my career, I was obviously in a very junior level role. Right. I'm trying to get my foot in the door. Um, and I, I felt like I needed to be, you know, a chameleon, whoever you wanted me to be, I could be. And then it's now that I'm in a VP role. Um, I laugh a little bit and say like, well, no, I'm going to be whoever I want to be because who's going to stop me now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I think it does, you know, there's a power dynamic there that I'm still right. like, um, getting used to and trying to understand, but it is a difference because when I was in a junior level role, there are some things that I would, wouldn't say or wouldn't do. For example, we had a team meeting and to start off the team meeting, I decided to play like an intro to uh, a rap song by Nas because I like the instrumental. Yeah. And so I like played it for the whole team. And one of my uh, coworkers who is another African-American female was like, were you scared? And I was like, no, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So I, I definitely think there's something to be said there, but my experience now in the last two years with everything that's happened in the world has been significant different and I think it's right. more acceptable to talk about diversity to talk about inclusion like what does that mean to everyone you know not just people of color um so yeah awesome awesome all right so let's talk about like some of the more tactical things around recruiting and re uh, retention right 
So how does DEI or, you know, lack thereof, right, affect recruiting and retaining uh, reta uh, retention initiatives in your mind? Yeah, I think it's so funny because a lot of companies nowadays are like diversity, 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 and we want all these people right. of color um, in recruiting, but then they get there and there's no one that either is like them or, you know what I mean? So it's like, you don't have the right environment to keep them there. So I think it's very, it's two separate issues. So to recruit hmm. People of color, I think you have to be very intentional or, you know, making sure that, you know, you're thinking outside of the box. So if you're only looking on LinkedIn, is that the pool of people that you need? Are you looking at, you know, uh, ERGs or groups that you can reach out to? Um, like, you know, one of the groups that I used to specifically target for an old organization that I worked for was like Black engineers or, you know what I mean? Like people of different groups that you can target. That's right. one thing. But then when you get someone in the door, do they feel like they belong? Do they feel like they can speak up? Um, how is the relationship with their manager? As we know, a lot of people leave management, they don't leave the company. So has right. their manager actually been trained? A lot of times people are put in management positions just because they're good at their job, not because they're a good manager or a good leader in any way. They were just an expert at their job. And in order to get more money, they were moved into a management position. Right. So I think it's so many ways that we can look at like, how are we effectively recruiting? So are we looking in the right avenues? Are we, how are our job descriptions even written? I know that there's platforms now where you can go put your job description in it and it'll tell you like is this sexist is this you know what I mean like mm. you know how are you even wording things to get people in the door so I think looking at every single avenue of where are you looking how are you looking what are you even saying about the company like are right. you making it seem like you have to be even degrees sometimes get a little tricky like does someone need mm. a bachelor's degree to be an executive assistant or to be an entry-level role I don't think so I think some things are teachable um so even you know, challenging yourself because I have three degrees and yet I'm saying, well, maybe you don't need a degree. You know, I've had to challenge myself on like, what does that degree mean to me? And why do I think you have to have it to work here in an entry-level role? Right. So there are so many avenues, but I do think it's different from recruitment to like making sure that people stay in retention. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, when you talk about the, um, the pool, right, are you going to the right pool? Are you targeting the right pools? I think that's something that a lot of people have kind of complained about because they haven't thought outside the box, right? They're like, hey, I'm going to post a job on LinkedIn or I'm going to go to the same headhunter that I've always gone to or whatever it may be. Um, can you give some like examples of whether it's associations or pools or schools or whatever it may be that you found, you know, uh, kind of helpful uh, in, in that search? Yeah. So one of the ones that we have recently used was uh, Project Mom. And so they help moms that are trying to get back into the workforce, which is an untapped resource that a lot of people mm -hmm. don't tap into. Right. Um, so that's one. We also went out and recruited from like, it's a disability group. So gotcha. they help people that might have some type of disability. That one we got, you know, great results from. And it was people who Ironically, since we are not in an office, it's not like they have an accessibility issue. They can work from wherever they are. So that mm, opens right. the door for people that might have a disability. Um, and then specifically targeting like um, historically black universities or, you know, right. outreach in that way. So even just thinking outside of the box and even so far as like we, we are not above getting on Twitter, Facebook, what Instagram, you know, there are groups where um, we have like a creative team. So there are like creative groups, you know, on Facebook and stuff. We are not above getting in there and saying like we have these open positions so we are willing to do it all we're not just looking on <laughs> yeah and it's funny because the whole social media game when it comes to recruiting is i mean it's a thing now, right yeah. like the, you know you, you say this is 
and I agree with you. I think a lot of people are like, oh, like I'm not going to do that kind of stuff for recruiting. No, but that's that's the that's the real game now, especially with junior employees and you know the younger folks out there. Um, it, 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 and I've come to realize this just recently, just as we are hiring people, and it's it's not easy. Um, but yeah. that's that's another route to go for sure. Yeah, we haven't gone as far as to get on TikTok, but we're not above it. <laughs> I, I haven't figured out TikTok, so we haven't done it yet. But maybe one day I might have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We're gonna have to post this one on TikTok or something. <laughs> I don't know if they allow this length, but <laughs> awesome. So, um. So, you know, when we when we think about or when companies think about like DEI initiatives, right, um, you know, I think there are kind of two ways that I've seen companies with one is they think about DEI initiatives as like, okay, here's a DEI initiative that we have to execute. And it's like a very DEI specific thing. And then the other thing I've seen is, no, we're not going to do specific DEI initiatives, but with our existing initiatives, DEI becomes a layer that's basically embedded in every single one, right? Um, and I think depending on the organization, you know, one probably will work better than the other. I think I know the answer in, when it comes to long-term sustainability of DEI and focus on that, but, you know, to kind of staying focused on the DEI initiatives for now, what initiatives or programs have you seen work really well when it comes to talent, whether it's attracting or retaining? Um, anything specific from your experience? Yes, I think there's a lot of different things. And I think what you just said, there's a big debate on that. And definitely I agree. I think long-term DNI has to be a part of every fiber of the company. Um, and it's, you know, something magically happens when you tie DNI to people's money. Just saying. I know a lot of people don't like that. They're like, no, you should just want to do it. And you should. However, we all know that when things get tied to compensation, things get done. So that's what I'll say there. But I also think you know, thinking about the leadership. So is it coming from the CEO? If it's coming from the people ops or like the head of HR, that's one thing. You know, I talk a lot about DEI, but it also has to come from the head of the company. Because yeah. if not, if there's no buy-in from executive leadership, it's basically a like, um, I would consider it a performative allyship. Like mm. you're performing that you want these things, but is it is it really what you're trying to do? So I think right. that's one thing, making sure that the CEO is brought in an executive team. And then two, um, what are the action items? So I think a lot of times we think like, oh, we want DNI, and we, you know, it's kind of like a pie in the sky, but what are the true action items that you're going to do? So on a quarterly basis, we outline, these are the actions we want to hit. So for example, right now we're looking at diversity numbers. We want our company to reflect the numbers in the United States, which is 50% you know, people of color and 50% women. So those are the numbers that we're trying to hit. Um, right. And it's very clear when we report on those numbers every single month. So every month at a team meeting in front of the entire organization, I say, these are the numbers and this is the number that we want to hit. So for example, we're doing really good when it comes to women in leadership. We are 80% women. We are, we are still behind when it comes to professionals of color, you know, and we just blatantly say that we put it out there. There's nothing to hide. People could actually go calculate it themselves if they wanted to just look at the work you know, so it's nothing that we want to hide, but I think transparency and executive leadership being bought in is a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of also creates that psychological safety for people to be like, Hey, like we, we're all like learning here and we're all vulnerable and we are all trying to like you know, go towards the same goal, right? And I think that allows both the leadership and the rest of the team members to feel comfortable talking about it and actually executing those action items. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So what challenges have you confronted? Obviously, this is a big focus area and I'm sure you've had challenges. It wasn't just like, oh, like we're going to do this and everything was, you know, flowers and successes and champagnes, right? Um, flowers and rainbows. Challenges? 
Yeah, just flowers and rainbows. That's all it is. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. There definitely have been challenges. I think one of the big challenges is a lot of times, and people don't really like to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Sometimes mm. I feel like we inflate diversity with just saying women. So it's easiest mm. to say like, oh, look at all these women that we have in the organization. And that's like the one show of diversity that people are very comfortable with. But when you start right. asking about like how many black employees do you have, like when you actually ask like black people, this, you know, uh, people that are non-binary, people that are, you know, uh, part of the LGBTQ community, when you ask specifics, people get very weary of that. So mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I have encountered where it's like, well, oh, look at all the women that we have. And it's like, but that's one area of diversity. And that's the one area that everybody seems to be very comfortable with. So, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I mean, I, I, I can imagine even having these conversations internally, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on the leader and manager you're dealing with and talking with, um, that can get a little heated and weird, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We won't go into that in detail. But <laughs> um, awesome. Like, these are all the big questions that I had. Anything else uh, on your mind? Any any like big takeaway that our audience should be thinking about when they're thinking about DNI and, and diversity in their own organizations? I think a lot of times we divide out psychological safety or mental health and DNI, and it's it's definitely one in the same. So mm. do your people of color, do your people that are not like the majority in your organization feel like they can speak up? Can they be their authentic selves, whatever that means to them? And so I think just making sure that we're putting it all together, it's all a big puzzle piece, but psychological safety and mental health and speaking to people about those things, you know, making sure that management has some type of training on like talking to employees that are going through distress and like identifying it. Let's be clear with everything that is going on in the world. If you haven't asked your team how you're doing outside of work, you're missing the mark. I've even gone as far as to ask my team, how are you sleeping? Because that gives me insight into their stress right. levels. Um, so that would be my strong recommendation. Yeah. Buy aura rings for everyone and track yeah. their sleep. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jessica. Where can yep. the audience find you and your thought leadership? Absolutely. So I am very, very active on LinkedIn and you, my name is, you know, really common. So Jessica Williams, but um, if you type in Jessica Williams at Refine Labs, you can definitely find me. Um, and then I actually have my own career coaching company, Hidden Gym Career Coaching. So you can find me up on my website at hiddengymcareercoaching.com. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thank you, Jessica. Absolutely. Thank you.